0: God is glorious in his saints. Welcome to the Christian Saints Podcast. My name is Professor Darren Ong, recording from Serbang in Malaysia. In this podcast, we explore the lives of the Christian Saints from the Anglican, Roman Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox traditions. Today, we celebrate Saint Leonard of Noblat. Saint Leonard lived in 6th century France, and was a Christian convert from paganism. Saint Remigius, or Rémy, who brought Christianity to the Franks, was a big influence on the life of Saint Leonard. Saint Leonard lived a life of a hermit completely dedicated to God, and was known for his miracle working. He is particularly famous for miraculously setting prisoners free. Let us read about his life from a text titled *Les Petites Bollandistes* by Monsignor Paul Guérin. This text is a collection of accounts of the lives of the saints. Saint Leonard was born towards the end of the 5th century of illustrious parents, residing in the part of the province of Gaul, which was then beginning to be called France. Several historians believe that with his brother Saint Lefard, his origins can be traced to the castle of Vendon in the region of Orléans. He belonged to the nation of the Franks, and at the court of Clovis, his relatives were dignitaries, baptised at the same time as the king by Saint Remy. That monarch himself stood as sponsor in baptism for this child of predilection. As Leonard grew, he was so moved by the holy examples of the Bishop of Rez that he renounced the world in order to lead a more perfect life. When Saint Remy had trained Leonard in virtue and conferred on him the tonsure, he began to exercise his charity on behalf of prisoners. Clovis, in response to a prayer of Saint Remy, had already issued an edict that prisoners in the res might be freed whenever His Royal Highness would pass through that city. Leonard asked the kind monarch to grant him personally the right to liberate prisoners whom he would find worthy of it, any time at all. The reputation of St Leonard's goodness and sanctity soon spread, and the sick came to him for healing and alms. He did not fail to teach them also the value of Christian patience and to console them by the divine doctrine. The king desired to attach him permanently to his court. But Saint Leonard, in a discourse brilliant by its humility, replied that he preferred to live in the obscurity Christ had chosen for himself for so many years and he retired to a monastery. Saint Maximin, its abbot, saw to it that he was ordained a deacon, which office he accepted out of obedience, but he did not aspire to any additional ecclesiastical dignities. He recognised that his role was not to remain always in the monastery and departed to preach to the pagans of the province of Limoges. He found on a nearby mountain a forested solitude where he decided to remain. And there he built a cell of branches and considered himself rich in the possession of God, joyous in his freedom to devote himself to meditation, prayer and mortification. He continued to obtain miracles when solicited by the suffering members of Jesus Christ. The spouse of a king living nearby had a successful delivery of a child by his prayers when her very life was despaired of, and the king in gratitude gave him a part of the forest to dispose of as he wished. He then built an oratory to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Two disciples joined him in this sanctuary, continuing to pray without interruption when their master went on pilgrimage to the tombs of the saints. Soon the sick came to St. Leonard here also, and prisoners who invoked him from their cells saw their chains break before their eyes. Many came to him afterwards, bringing their heavy chains and irons to offer them in homage. A considerable number wished to remain with him, and he often gave them part of his vast forests to clear and make ready for the labours of the fields that they might have the means to live an honest life. He continued to be their guardian and father and preached the religion of our saviour to them, and those who had once been malefactors were transformed by prayer and labour. Seven families of persons who were his relatives in the north heard of his reputation, and decided to come to him and remain with him. He was surprised, but encouraged their good resolutions, saying, A fare of dry bread, eaten in the joy of a pure conscience, is of more worth than a house abundantly furnished, where quarrels and divisions prevail. After increasing in holiness until his last days, he died on the 6th of November, in the Oratory, he had dedicated to Our Lady, after having himself transported there sometime during the second half of the 6th century. Miracles on behalf of prisoners and the sick followed as they had preceded his death. The cult of St Leonard has remained extremely popular in France ever since, and throughout all of Europe, churches and monasteries have been placed under his invocation. The Golden Legend, another collection of the lives of the saints, records several of the miracles of Saint Leonard. Let us read from some of these miracle stories written in the Golden Legend. The prisoner chained to the pillar. The Viscount of Limoges had made a great chain for to fear with all the malefactors and commanded that it should be fastened unto a trunk in his tower, and whomsoever was bounded with this chain to that trunk, thereas it was set, he might see no light, and it was a place right dark, and whoso died there died not of one death only, but more than a thousand torments. And it happened that one of the servants of Saint Leonard was bounded with this chain without deserving, so that almost he gave over his spirit. And then as he might, in his courage he avowed to St. Leonard, and prayed him that he be delivered. And anon St. Leonard appeared to him in a white vesture, and said, Fear thee nothing, for thou shalt not die. Arise up, and bear thou this chain with thee to my church. Follow me." for I go to fore. Then he arose and took the chain and followed St. Leonard, which went to fore him, till he came to the church. And anon, as he was to fore the gates, St. Leonard left him there. And he then entered into the church and recounted to all the people what St. Leonard had done. And he hung that great chain to fore his tomb. The prisoner in the pit There was a certain man, which dwelled in the place of St. Leonard, and was much faithful and devout to St. Leonard. And it happened that this good man was taken off a tyrant, which began to think in himself, that St. Leonard unbindeth and looseth all them that be bounded in irons. And the might of iron hath no more might against him than wax against the fire. If I set this man in irons, Leonard shall anon deliver him, and if I may keep him, I shall make him pay for his ransom a thousand shillings. I wot well what I shall do. I shall go make a right great and deep pit under the earth in my tower, and I shall cast him therein, bounded with many bonds, and after I shall do, make a chest of tree upon the mouth of the pit and shall make my knights to lie therein all armed. And howbeit that if Leonard break the irons, yet shall he not enter into it under the earth. And when he had made all this that he thought, this man which was enclosed therein, cried oft to St. Leonard, so that on a night St. Leonard came, and turned the chest wherein the knights lay armed. And closed them therein, like as dead men be in a tomb. And after entered into the fosse or pit with great light, and took the hand of his true servant, and said to him, Sleepest thou, or wakest? Lo, here is Leonard, whom thou so much desirest. And he, so marvelling, said, Lord, help me. And anon his chains were broken, and took him in his arms, and bare him out of the tower and then spake to him, as a friend doth to a friend, and set him at home in his house. The Pilgrim Held for Ransom There was a pilgrim which returned from the visiting of St. Leonard, and was taken in Almain, and put into a pit or fosse, and fast closed therein. And this pilgrim prayed strongly to St. Leonard, and also them that took him that they would for the love of St. Leonard let him go for he had never trespassed to them. And they answered, But if he would pay much money, he should not depart. And he said, Be it between you and St. Leonard to whom I remit the matter. And the night following St. Leonard appeared to the lord of the castle, and commanded him that he should deliver his pilgrim, and on the morn he supposed he had dreamed and would not deliver him. The next night he appeared to him again, and commanded him to let him go, but yet he would not obey. The third night St. Leonard took this pilgrim, and brought him out of the castle, and anon the tower and half the castle fell, and oppressed many of them that were therein, and the prince only was left, to his confusion, alive, and had his ties broken the Knight of Brittany. There was a knight in prison in Brittany, which oft called on St. Leonard, which anon appeared to him in the sight of all men. And knowing him, and they being sore abashed, entered into the prison and broke his bonds, and put them in the man's hand, and brought him forth before them all, being sore afeard. St. Leonard's influence lasted long after his death, and beyond the borders of France. He gained a particular following in South Germany, with a famous shrine devoted to him in the town of Inchenhofen there. This shrine at Inchenhofen was a very popular pilgrimage site in medieval Europe. St. Leonard's shrine bore particular testimony to his miraculous intercessions, especially with regard to freeing those who were imprisoned, let us read a passage of pilgrimage and embodiment, captives and the cult of saints in late medieval Bavaria, an academic journal article by Megan Cassidy Welch, published in the journal Peregrin. In this text, Eberhard is a Cistercian monk administering the shrine to St. Leonard in Inchenhofen. The body of evidence brought together in the miracle books was thus sealed by the material finality of the written text. For Eberhard, the human tongue was simply insufficient to narrate the miracles of St. Leonard, which, for their sheer number alone, made them worthy of permanent record. The book objects which contained the miracles glorified God and the saint in enshrining story and very similitude in physical form. The same solidity was also found in the objects that pilgrims brought with them to Inchenhofen. Eberhard tells us that shackles, chains, irons and other instruments of entrapment were piled up in the chapel as evidence of the saint's miracles while the miracle stories themselves state what sort of offerings were brought to the chapel. In 1389, an honest man, who had been imprisoned for 14 days and freed by St. Leonard, brought the chains and irons which bound him to the shrine. And three years later, a young man, who had been starved for eight weeks in prison, brought the two manacles which had bound his hands and feet. Even those who had been prisoners abroad brought their fetters to Inchenhofen. One man, chained up by his hands and feet by the Venetians, managed to secure the chains which had bound his arms and bring them to the shrine. Waxen representations of chains and shackles, together with wax images of body parts, candles, and unformed lumps of wax were also heaped on the altar. Stephen Sargent has conveniently summarized these votive offerings finding that out of the 199 wax votive recorded in the miracle book, 131 were unformed, 24 were images of figures, 18 were candles, 13 were instruments of captivity, and the remaining were either specific waxen images of body parts, such as eyes, or miscellaneous objects like a horse, a tower, or ship. In comparison, there were 192 iron votive offerings, the majority of which were instruments of captivity, 20 of which were figures, 9 of which were unformed, and only a few were towers, rings, belts and so on. The tradition of offering iron votives was already well established at St Leonard's home church of Noblat, near Limoges, while wax votive offerings were commonly donated to saints' shrines throughout Europe during the medieval period. The specific association of iron with St. Leonard derived from his function as liberator of captives, who as the miracle stories state, were frequently confined by means of iron restraints. Furthermore, at various churches dedicated to St. Leonard in southern Germany, although not it appears at Inchenhofen itself, iron chains were wound around the exterior of the buildings. One example may still be seen at the tiny chapel of St. Leonard at Hufingen in Baden-Württemberg. Vultiv offerings served a number of purposes at Inchenhofen. Initially, these objects constituted the quid pro quo in the contractual relationship between saint and prisoner. For an adolescence of Tholtz, who had been imprisoned in the castle of Schloptsberg for spying, His promise to the saint was not only to visit the shrine at Inchenhofen, but also to bring with him the chains that had bound him during his time in captivity. Another man who came to the shrine in 1443, Burkhard Schneider, promised to come to the shrine with his chains if he was able to carry them, while the father of another prisoner promised to bring the combined weight of his son, his clothing and his armour in iron if Leonard released his son from captivity. Additionally, chains and other instruments of captivity bolstered the pilgrims' claims that their stories were true, as Stephen Sargent has emphasised, in that they provided weighty material evidence that someone had experienced captivity and escaped from it. Votive offerings were also semiotically meaningful in the same way, that the corporeal Audible presence of pilgrims at the shrine was important. That is, in the absence of actual relics of the saint at the Inchonhofen shrine, other sorts of objects served to materialize Leonard, making the supernatural tangible and real in the clearest sensory way. Such offerings, I suggest, reworked traditional Christian cultural practices of acquiring the saint's body. In the form of a relic, by imagining St. Leonard and his work through specific representations of the body in tribulation and release. St. Leonard is recognized as a saint in all Christian traditions that venerate saints, with feast day on November the 6th. I encourage you to say a prayer to St. Leonard, especially if you, or someone close to you, is suffering imprisonment. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Christian Saints Podcast. Look for the Christian Saints Podcast page on Facebook or Instagram, or find us on Twitter at podcast underscore saints. All music in this episode was composed by my good friend, James John Marks of Generative Sounds. Please check out his music at generativesoundsjjm.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, so more people can find the Christian Saints podcast and be blessed by the stories of God's saints. Let us end by reading the Collect Prayer for St. Leonard of Noblat. This prayer is said on his feast day. O Almighty God, who has called us to faith in thee and has compassed us about with so great a cloud of witnesses, grant that we, encouraged by the good examples of thy saints and especially of thy servant Leonard, may persevere in running the race that is set before us, Until at length, through thy mercy, we with them attain to thine eternal joy. Through him who is the author and finisher of our faith, thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.